Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right, back here on the Ohio wind. July 4th is coming up shortly, which is great. I like July 4th, um, the holiday and everything that has to do with it. Um, in the White House, uh, they announced plans. I, I guess over the past uh, 10, 20 years, uh, having um, federal celebrations of the 4th of July has become a thing. I know when former Donald Trump was in, former President Donald Trump, not former Donald Trump, former President Donald Trump was in office. Um, he had some big celebrations to celebrate our military and America. And, um, you know, Joe Biden just announced plans to do one. It's, I'm assuming it's going to be a little tamer, maybe, than once in the past. But it's going to honor first responders and a lot of people who really uh, sacrificed during um, the fierce times of COVID. Um, there's going to be a cookout and other stuff. I'm not sure if we'll be on TV. I'm assuming the media will have some video from the event. I I have no brain. I think it's kind of a nice touch to have something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think um, you know, they're, it's kind of par for the course to do some sort of event at the White House, probably for Fourth of July. So, um, um, yeah, it's America's birthday in a sense, in some ways. So, um, we um, so it makes it would be kind of weird if there was no celebration going on. Yeah, it's interesting. There's over a thousand guests that's going to be expected, and, and you're going to see. And I'm sure there'll be people from the White House there, but you'll have first responders, essential workers, military service members, and their families. And you know, it's kind of shown in the USA Today article uh, references this that it's different. I mean, obviously, you know, we were told last year, hey, you know, we're not in a good position to have big cookouts and everything. But I think it's shown that with the vaccine, that we're in a better place. I mean, I'm assuming those who are coming to White House are either vaccinated or going to wear a mask. A mask. But man, the fact that at the White House we've got over a thousand guests expected, it sends a better indication of where we stand. I, I would say. Uh, Craig, do you feel better that we're having an event like that at the White House? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think it shows that maybe the worst of COVID is behind us. Obviously, you know, we, we're aspiring to the 70%, you know, vaccine rate to get herd immunity. It doesn't really look like we're going to get there, at least not in the foreseeable future. But, you know, this is encouraging because it, it, it shows that people feel safer people feel like it's it's an opportunity to to get back to normal and 
you know, people want to celebrate July 4th and they want to celebrate it with friends and family. And, you know, this is a, a good step in the right direction. I mean, you know, it gives us a chance to return to normal, I guess, a little bit. And in saying this, you know, I, I can sense, well, some people are saying, well, did Donald Trump hold big events at the White House during COVID? Well, understand, it was part of a mixed message. And right after events like that were held to White House, there was reports of a lot of people at the White House that got COVID, including the president and first lady, um, Melania Trump. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm encouraged to see this. I, I mean, I think it's a, a good sign of where we're going. I like the fact that instead of just saying, yay, military, yay, police, it's saying, hey, let's recognize those who have served and those who have helped. So I, I think it's a good sign. Now, I got to say, I'll be at a family reunion myself, so I, I'm sure I won't be watching the live coverage of it if there is. I'll, I'll catch it later. But I don't know. I, I really think it sends a good message back to our country that we're honoring those who sacrificed so much for, for us. So. And remember that as you're celebrating the 4th of July on Sunday, um, you know, think about others. You know, hey, there's nothing wrong with having to cook out. There's nothing wrong with seeing family members you haven't seen for a while. There's nothing wrong, like Brandon was saying, he's going to catch up on some, um, you know, to do items around the house. But, you know, think about, in addition to how our country was founded, think about those who have sacrificed so much over the past year. All right, thanks for checking out the high one. We'll be back shortly with another segment. Have a great day. All right, back here on the highway. Hey, 4th of July is coming up shortly, and we've talked about uh, COVID vaccine incentives. It's been a favorite topic of mine. Uh, there's a new one coming out. I wonder your guys' opinion on Panera Bread, July 2nd to 4th. Uh, my family's going to be making a little bit of travel, and my wife is a big fan of uh, bagels. And if you uh, order a bagel, it's free. Now, I, I guess there's some stipulations you have to order online. I mean, it's not like you can just drive through and say, give me my bagel. But <clears throat> interesting, Brandon, um, they're, they're going on the honor system. Uh, you know, there's um, some donut places that say, show your vaccine card. You don't even have to show your vaccine card. And here's my, here's my weirdness about this, Brandon. Uh, it's a marketing ploy. I mean, obviously, Panera wants to get more people into their place. But Shouldn't you have to prove that you got the vaccine? I mean, I, I know Panera is mostly concerned about making money, but I mean, if you're throwing COVID behind it, don't you want the people that you get bagels to have the vaccine? Um, you know, I think, um, you know, in a perfect world, that would be nice, but that was certain slow down production, uh, though. You know, going into get out your vaccine car, having arguments with like, oh, I forgot my vaccine card. I mean, it it's it might as well just get free. Um, you know, I think a better campaign would be if Panera came out and said, hey, if we can hit this, um, you know, uh, vaccination rate in the in the great state of Ohio, we'll give out free bagels at this time or whatever. You know, or if, um, you know, kind of like their own little lottery in that sense, uh, but or like, um, you know, or like, uh, um, you know, some other maybe a better restaurant or something says, hey, if hey, if um, um, we get this percentage of uh, vaccination rates in Ohio, 
Um, we'll do uh, a free appetizers, free appetizers for a uh, for a year. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if that's enough enough uh, of a of incentive to get. Ooh, I need to get vaccinated so we can get some free appetizers at this such and such restaurant. But um, um, but you know, honestly, it's just gimmick. It's just saying, "Hey, come by to Panera during Fourth of July." Um, and if you're back, if if you're vaccinated, um, it's it's um it's just you know, hey, if you're in the mood for a free bagel, stop by Panera. Yeah, and it makes sense. And, and Craig, they never. I mean, I, I'm sure. Co- Panera wants people to be vaccinated. I'm like questioning their intent and desires, but and you know, Panera, yeah, they're not taking government money for this. You know, this is totally different than Ohio's vaccine million lottery. I, I don't know, Craig. Is this the best way of doing it? I, I, I mean, yeah, it would slow down production if you're checking a bunch of vaccine cards, but I don't know. It's more of a marketing ploy. Do you think? Yeah, I mean, what it amounts to is just, you know, come in for a free bagel. I mean, it's plain and simple. Um, clearly, they've identified that bagels can be given out for free and they don't really care. You know, at the, at the end of the day, you're it's probably too much work, I guess, even though you probably would prefer it, but too much work, I guess, to, to have people have to show their, their card. And then you get into the debate of, well, I forgot it, like Brandon said, and, you know, then you've got to slow yourselves down so it's probably better just to say everybody gets free bagels but you know and that's essentially what it is where it's it's just free bagel weekend if you will uh more so than anything it's you know i know not everybody that gets a free bagel at panera is going to be vaccinated and i think it really isn't that big of a deal to me at this point i mean you know i'm not really a you know, if, if that's what they want to do, then that's what they want to do. Clearly, they've identified that they can just give out bagels this weekend, and maybe they have a surplus of bagels in production, and they just said, "Let's just give them away." So, not a bad thing. And I don't, you know, it's a, it's it's a marketing tool. It's nothing more than that, but it's no different. Now, I know Krispy Kreme was making you show the vaccine card, but yeah. you know, I, I don't think it's a big deal that you don't have to show a vaccine card. I mean, I think it's pretty clear. It's got to be pretty clear to many Ohioans when you go into a grocery store now and, you know, you see a lot of signs that will say, you know, those who are fully vaccinated do not have to wear a mask. And then you go into a store and you see one or two people out of like 75 or a hundred people that don't have a mask or that only that are wearing a mask. So, you know, it's pretty clear that the numbers aren't really matching up with the state's numbers of how many people have been vaccinated when you go into a store and see one or two people out of a hundred wearing a mask. Yeah. Well, I guess here's my idea. And again, you know, Panera can do what they want. I'm not boycotting or anything. It's fine. But if we're really trying to get the COVID numbers up, uh, you know, I think of, you know, Brandon was telling us about, you know, there was a Columbus crew game where they had a, a vaccination station, maybe for lack of a better term, where you could just go Get your vaccine on your way up to your seat. Or in Stark County, it's in the Canton, Ohio area, um, they had a sponsorship where there would be a like a little truck uh, that you could go in, get your vaccine, and if you showed that you got your vaccine, you would get your meal comped from that Stark County McDonald's. So maybe instead of this big you know, nationwide effort, why not just have at different stores your vaccine available and it's either the 
simplicity of, you know, hey, on your way to your seat, you can get vaccinated. Or maybe there's a little inducement saying, hey, you know, your meal's comped if you get vaccinated or uh, or maybe get 50% off. I mean, to me, that might actually get more people vaccinated. Like maybe at these Paneras, you know, you can get vaccinated on the way in, you either get your meal for free or 50% off. I mean, hey, if I'm not vaccinated, that might make me think twice. You think that'll work, Brandon? And Brandon, if we do this, we can actually get. Um, sorry, I Chris. I, mean, um, I broke up. Oh well. Uh, sorry about that. Well, so Brandon, I guess what I'm saying is, could that be an incentive? And you wonder how. You know, maybe giving free things by having a vaccination station at either the business or the sporting event, and and you know, if you wonder how you can pay for it, maybe that's where you can put some of the federal money to, you know, paying for these discounts. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, um, I think it's just logistical kind of challenges. I mean, with if the Johnson Johnson is more prevalent, sure. But, um, you know, and it's a lot easier to do it at a sporting event because, you know, there's just a lot of more, a lot more space going around um, to stop by. It's kind of difficult to do it at any Panera, for instance, or, or um, like outdoors or something. It's just kind of, you know, uh, probably logistical layouts. But, um, you know, but um, at the end of the day, I mean, this is pretty straightforward. I mean, Panera is just trying to capitalize on the vaccine and um, and the um, pandemic recovery. Um, so um, that's it, it's like, you know, it's kind of. Uh, silly. It's kind of like, well, well, sir, are they going to do their business, their business? So, um, um, I don't know. I, I don't know. If, um, and like I say, not, just because it might be good for business doesn't mean it's necessarily going to be, uh, not harmful, but not beneficial to the public good or trying to really tackle this problem, which is the pandemic. So, yeah. um, so that's what it is at the end of the day. Yeah, and it's not, again, it's not Panera's responsibility to get everyone vaccinated. And again, they're not taking federal money. They're just making the marketing choice saying, hey, we'll give you a free bagel. So, hey, take advantage of that deal. But, hey, try to be vaccinated. Don't lie to Panera. <laughs> uh, Craig, we talked earlier about, you know, should you curse? I mean, man, you know, if you want to be today a Christian, don't lie about if you're vaccinated or not to get a banana. <laughs> Panera bagel. I mean, that's a sin there. So I'll tell you. All right. Well, I got to be honest, Chris. You know, I, I I've only been to Panera like one time, and um, I got a a gift card to Panera like five years ago for my wedding, and I never have used it. So I probably won't even for a free bagel. I probably will not be stopping by. I, I just have no desire. So I don't know. Some people probably don't even care about this, and and. You know, I'm, I guess I'm one of them, I suppose. Well, here's my beef with Panera. And it's personal, so, I, I mean, I, I guess I got to get this off my chest. We've been to Panera before where my daughter wants a bagel. Like, sometimes, it, you know, she can be kind of feisty at times. And if she's good in the car, we say, hey, let's go get a snack. And there was a time when her snack of choice was a bagel from Panera. I can't remember what type she likes. It's either plain or blueberry or something. There is a Panera. I'm not going to 
site to location, Brandon. But this Panera did not have bagels, and my daughter had a nuclear meltdown, and kicking in a car, screaming, and everything else. Ever since then, I'm I'm kind of anti Panera bagels. So, I mean, if we take advantage of it this this weekend. They better have their bagel, darn it, or my daughter's <laughs> going to explode. I might just leave my daughter to Panera and have her kick and scream the people of Panera. It'll be tough. So probably, right. probably make probably probably I can't go, go into the Panera and say, "Look, my daughter's vaccinated." Yeah, she. Well, I mean, she's eight, so she's not vaccinated. So I mean, it's, it's going to be. Tough. My daughter's vaccinated. Like no, no, yeah. I'm, I, I swear, like no. <laughs> No oh, yeah, one get under, no under 12 can get vaccinated. <laughs> I'll probably have to get my free bagel and give it to her, but I don't know. We'll see. But, I mean, I'm nervous, though, because, you know, that Panera Sky drive through and we we got special needs kids, take advantage of the drive through But they'll if they don't have bagels, oh, my goodness. I guess the harm really would be is, like, people who are not vaccinated who should be wearing masks will come in without a mask on. <laughs> and they'll be they'll be coughing this while is, they wear bagels. Ah! This, this has become a spreader event now, Chris. Yeah, it's super spreader. My goodness, maybe Panera is like very anti, maybe they're anti-vax or something. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's just saying, you know, hey, we're celebrating vaccination, but you don't have to show it. You know, I don't know. So I don't know. I'm sure Panera is supporting vaccination, so I don't get yelled at by people at Panera afterwards. But yeah, it's very interesting. So. Hopefully you're vaccinated, and if you're coughing, yeah, stay home anyway. Don't don't go in while you're coughing. That'd be kind of gross. Don't cough over bagels; it's not good. So. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for checking out the Ohio. Let us know what you think. Let's uh, let us know if you take advantage of the Panera offer, and be honest with us. Let us know if you're vaccinated or not. Well, we're not going to tell on you, but we want to know. Um, you know, if you achieve the system or not this weekend. Um, again, check out our sponsors and uh, share us with your friends. Thank you for everyone who checks our show. Have a great day. Bye-bye. All right, back on the Ohio wind. Um, we're releasing this on the 4th of July. So if you're listening to this, uh, happy 4th. It's a fun day. Um, I know we're all celebrating it differently. Um, but Brandon, one to ask you first. Overall, what does the fourth mean to you? Uh, we got a lot of holidays. Some holidays we think about a lot. Some holidays we don't think about much. What are you going to be thinking about as you're doing your thing on the fourth? Uh, I, I don't th- think anyone – it would be kind of probably inaccurate to say I'll be thinking about um, 1776 or any time period around then. You know, it's um, usually we're all in the midst of our lives, and we're all trying to – take advantage of a, a nice little break in a holiday. I mean, Americans love to work or, you know, we're either we love, hate to work or we hate love. I don't know. It's, um, we like to work a lot. So whenever we're, you know, given a, a patriotic excuse to take a, a break, uh, maybe, maybe we kind of like it a little more secretly than we admit. <laughs> but, um, you know, I mean, just, I guess taking a moment and stepping back, uh, the fourth is just, you know, um, um, as said in the last segments, you know, it's a celebration um, of America, um, you know, um, you know, the founding fathers back then and all the other colonists, you know, they, they recognized systemic issues. They, you know, recognized um, issues that the monarchy 
from a, uh, that was uh, running America from afar wasn't working for them. Um, and they came out and said, hey, you know, we need, we have, um, um, you know, no, no taxation without representation. The most important part of that sentence is not the no taxation, but the no without representation part, you know? So, um, very important move, shift in, in, uh, in the, in, in the history of democracy, uh, particularly with our version of representative democracy. So, you know, um, I think it's always good to kind of take back and reflect on those kinds of sentiments. Um, though to say I think that every 4th of July is probably a bit of a, bit of a, I'd be lying <laughs> if I said I was, but, uh, you know, I think that's what it means to me. I think in the grand scheme of things is, you know, the opportunity to recognize systemic issues and, you know, act. Um, and that's what they did. Yeah, and if you don't mind, Craig, I think I'm going to go next. I, uh, For me, we, we are in perfect country. And I think, especially in the past year or two, with just our some of the racial issues that are currently happening in our country and have happened in the past have been brought to mind. <clears throat> I, I respect what our founding fathers did. I think they were brave enough, like Brandon said, to recognize that the monarchy didn't work. They wanted a new life. They wanted a new start. They came over to America. Now, we're all imperfect. I mean, you know, the, my belief is the only person that's perfect is God, you know, and we're not God. Um, there have been people who have done better things than others, but we all we all stink. We all screw up. We all have bad thoughts about people. Uh, we all don't treat each other with respect. We're imperfect. We're human beings. So these founding fathers, although they're respected for what they did, what they did help give us the country we have today, hey, they, they, they didn't always do the right thing. They, they didn't treat Native Americans who they came over right. You know, they drove them out of their houses and everything. Um, you know, they weren't great people. But I respect what they did in coming and, fi and finding a new country. Um, and, you know, throughout our history, we've had people that are definitely people we, we should respect. But at the same time, they're people that have flaws. They're people that screwed up. And w we're a country that I'm proud of. I'm proud of of us having the country, but at the same time, we screwed up a lot of things. And it's nothing that we should hang our heads over, but something we need to be constantly aware of. And for all that said, that's why I like America. We found a country that, although we have our flaws, we have our shortcomings, there's things that we all can say we want to change. I'm proud of the fact that we found a country where we can recognize that. I mean, look at some of the countries like Russia or Iraq or anything, or, or like the Middle East during, you know, any type of country with an oppressive uh, government. You know, you don't have that freedom of right to question anything. And we have the freedom of right where we can screw up, but we can still always try to make our country better and everything. So, yeah, I know I'm, I'm selling probably wishy-washy here, but... I don't agree with the, hey, America's always right. America's not always right. But I appreciate how our country is set up where we can keep striving to be better. And when things happen that are screwy, we have the ability to change the way we do things and keep trying to continue to fight for the better thing. The freedom we have, you can't find anywhere else. Although I don't always appreciate the way we use our freedom, I like the fact that we're in a country that has that freedom where we can keep striving to do better.
Craig, hopefully in Studio Thunder. Uh, no, no, you... I mean, you know, you guys both eloquently, you know, spoke about the holiday. Um, you know, I know the other day I was a little critical of fireworks, but I always feel like, you know, the July 4th is about coming together as flawed as our country is, it's about having festivals and fireworks and, you know, gathering the community together where it's not about race. It's not about anything other than just coming together as a community, celebrating the community's freedom, the ability to, to be able to have fireworks and to be able to think and to be able to be free. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it still comes with a cost of knowing that our, our, our history is not always, um, on solid ground to, to a lot of people, to people that live in this country. And that's, you know, part of our, uh, part of our love for this country is that we can be critical of our country and we can still love our country, even though we are critical of it at times. And I don't think that's uh, treasonous to, to think that, you know, you can't be critical of your government or critical of how your country operates or your history of the, of the country, but you can learn from that. You can hope. And I kind of think of, you know, a lot of people look at July 4th as it's, uh, you know, honoring the past, but I also look at it as hope for the future and, and maybe hope that people will continue coming together and, and celebrating just freedom in life. Very good. Very good. Um, and I, I don't know, the only other thought I had about this is just an encouragement. Um, I'm going to go into family reunion, which I love everybody in my family. I don't have any ill will for anybody. I don't agree with them all politically. And uh, my challenge to myself as well as you guys and everybody else out there is as we get past COVID, how do we have these civil conversations with people? Um, I know. And, you know, we'll fight about politics at the reunion, but, you know, people listen to this podcast, people see why I post online and stuff like that. And I'm looking criticized, you know, over some of the stuff I've said, I'm sure. And, you know, how you have a civil discussion. Some our friends, I hope I'm interrupted. You hear an ad from at the end of each podcast. Uh, but they've got a good book that talks about, hey, you know, here's how you can have better conversations, you know, with people. And, you know, we definitely encourage you to check out that book. Um, very good insight and information there. So any of your thoughts about 4th of July before we close, guys? No. All right. Yeah, I think we said so. Hey, enjoy the holiday. Be safe. Don't do anything silly. And you know, definitely check out the Ohioan. Hey, we've got new episodes that are coming out the Fourth of July, and we'll be back on the Tuesday after giving you a new episode. So, um, you know, hopefully you enjoy the episodes over the weekend. Check out our sponsors and share us with your friends. And everyone, have a great day. Thanks for checking out the Ohioan. Have a good one. All right, back here in the Ohio, when I am still trying to get my hands around what exactly is the NFT, uh, that's gotten really popular, especially this year. Um, my understanding, and Brandon Craig, please correct me if I'm wrong, it's like a digital way of owning something. So you can own like a painting, you can own a sports highlight, but with the NFT, you can own the digital version of that. Is that what you guys hear? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's like, uh, I think trying to use blockchain technology that's often used in crypto, I could be wrong, but I think it's like, to your point, you're, you're right. The essential purpose is like, you know, 
um, you have it's to indicate that you are the the owner of a digital property. Um, you know that um, you know it's like an artwork or a piece of artwork or whatever. Um, you know, if it was all digital, like you know, no one could copy it essentially and say they have the original, right? So. Um, it, that's essentially what an NFT kind of tries to achieve here and tries to make it a little more valuable. They've been played around a lot in sports and pop culture lately. Well, and we've talked about this on version of the show in the past. Um, the Charlie Bit My Finger, which was a, a famous uh, YouTube clip that got a billion views or whatever the case might be, they literally made the NFT out of it and they took it off YouTube. So you can't watch it on YouTube anymore. So the reason why I brought it up, it's interesting, and in full disclosure, um, Gannett, which uh, Craig and I are employees of, uh, they did their own NFT. Um, one of the papers they own, um, back when the space shuttle first went to the moon, uh, one of the astronauts brought a copy of that paper to the moon. So it was the first newspaper to the moon, and they made an NFT out of that. And from what I understand, it's a version of the paper, as well as a nice version of it's a special version of the nft so if you own that you own more than just the newspaper it's kind of like a collectible version interesting because uh we were told to hype it up all week uh, we were trying to get more people interested in the auction the auction uh ended last night and it made uh shoot i got the um the result here $8,165. Um, it's great. It goes, the funding is going to the Gannett Foundation, which is great. Uh, they help support worthy causes across the country. Um, interesting. I, I'm not even sure what NFTs, what to expect. I mean, uh, you know, for the sake of the Gannett Foundation, we were promoting a lot of websites, hoping that the bid would be higher. Uh, Craig, how do we tell? What's a good price for the NFT? I mean, there's been some NFTs that have gone as high as $69 million. Now, I, I think we shouldn't have expected $69 million from this NFT we put out yesterday, but nobody knows. You know, it could be 8000 It could be millions and millions of dollars. How are we ever going to get to the point where we accurately price these and say, all right, I'm making an NFT of this. Here's what I can expect to get out of it. That's a good question. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess... As they say in things, you know, it, it's only as valuable as someone deems it valuable, which is what someone's willing to pay for it. So I guess uh, it's kind of up in the air. It's really hard to do that when you, you can't maybe compare it against something else. I mean, it, obviously, you know, with everything else, we can, you know, compare prices on the free market and see what, you know, uh, a can of soup should cost or whatever it may be. But, I don't, yeah, I don't know how you figure out how much something like, you know, an FT should cost. Brandon, we have the journalist salary, so uh, for us to own an NFT is probably out of the question, but has there ever been an NFT that you've stumbled across on the news that you're like, dang, if I had more money, I would buy one? Um, there's no reason I would buy an NFT. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I feel the same way, too. And uh, Craig, to close this up, we got to get in on this. Um, you were with us at the time. But I'm imagining that our first show, which featured, uh, what else did we talk about, Brandon? We we broke down the Weezer um, cover album, right? And 
Do you remember what else we talked about? I don't. Uh, it was just Weezer, I thought. I can't remember what else we talked about. <laughs> yeah, so maybe long. we just... Yeah, maybe it was a Weezer thing. Well, uh, so Craig, if we make an NFT out of that first show, like I don't know, uh, I'm not sure how we would do that. Maybe we would have, you know, video of Weezer as we're doing it. You, you know, how would we make this NFT? Do, uh, do you think that would have a chance? Uh, I don't. I don't know. Probably not. I mean, maybe okay. maybe a Weezer maybe a Weezer fan comes across and says, "Oh, I'd pay." X amount of dollars for that. I don't know. I mean, hundred bucks. <laughs> well, maybe you never know. I guess I, it's hard to say, but you never know. Uh, Brandon, have you heard how much it costs to make an NFT? I, I mean, you've got to actually put a nice one together, right? You can't just say, "Oh, here's an MP3 or something." I well, yeah, like Craig said to Craig's point, it's um, an NFT is probably worth creating if. People find value in that digital pro- property to begin with, right? Um, but so. but you, you got to make it look nice, right? You can't just say, "Oh, here's a JPEG or something, NFT it up," right? You, you got to make it look nice and to make it worth something, right? That or have some sort of cultural significance. Okay, um, I would say you know, like Charlie bit my finger was raw, just raw footage. Um, you know, but that has some sort of cultural significance because it was just so funny. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. I mean, I think partly, you know, it, it could be, um, you know, um, so maybe I just think it needs to have some sort of uh, intrinsic value or is that the phrase, I guess, intrinsic? Yeah. Like it has meaning of its own that people find meaning in it. Um, like Beanie Babies, you know, like um, they were as value, they were valuable because we, we made them valuable. Um you know, and that's kind of similar with cryptocurrency uh, overall. It's just like the reason why the value of those things go up is because people put more value in those things. Um, so that's how it works. Well, and that, I just did a, a quick Google search. That actually went for 760000 online. The Charlie Bit My Finger NFT. Now, we're not... Now, that had what? Like millions and millions and millions of YouTube views. We're not to that point yet, but maybe we could find, you know, a one minute, you know, a segment of a show to live in infamy that we can make into an NFT, you know? Where, yeah, we're not as big as Charlie Bit My Finger, but, you know, maybe if we market that, maybe we got to go back to the John Reed years and pull some stuff like that. <laughs> I don't think the uh, predecessor of the Ohioan is going to be uh, a popular nft chris okay <laughs> maybe yeah. the maybe the lost episode maybe the lost episode probably too <laughs> there, there's a lot of them that may qualify or, or, or what's what's the woman that john john we made fun of because john once uh expressed some admiration for oh man i, yeah. I can't remember that wasn't even an episode it was worthy of an nft don't go okay there. all right all right <laughs> I was, thinking of, I was thinking of the John and uh, Randy. Uh, was it Randy? Oh, jeez. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> the last episode, Chris, the one that, that will forever be locked in a safe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the show that Brandon missed. Uh, that was probably a show that Brandon missed that you, you were unhappy you missed it. If you had a chance, you probably wanted to be there, right? Um, uh, no. It, it, it probably okay. would have fanned the flames and it would have it would have been a sludge fest. Um, 
Well, moving on. <laughs> I, 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 Brandon, I've got a story to give you in this now. I'll tell you offline. Um, definitely don't want to bring up on the podcast for a variety of reasons that had to do with that. that it just happened a couple weeks ago. It was fascinating. All right. So great. Well, thanks for checking out the Ohioan. Uh, let's know what you think about the NFTs. Um, we got we have to have Craig on the NFT. Let's know what Craig <laughs> NFT you'd like to see. So uh, thanks for checking out. Let's check out our sponsors. Um, on your podcast page, or a bunch of sponsors, check them out and share us with your friends. Um, thank you, to everyone who's done that. Uh, keep it up. We're excited to continue to present shows to you. Have a great day. We'll be back shortly with another segment. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co authored with my good friend Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer, you know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com. <laughs>